Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Some of you, if you're concerned about time, don't worry about it. I am not a long-winded preacher, never have been, don't plan on being. (coughs) In fact, when I do my crusades, unless something extraordinary happens, I shoot to get people out within two hours. (laughs) Starts at seven, be out by nine. I mean, that includes everything, all the worship and everything. So I, I, I grew, I grew up in church. I was born one, uh, one Sunday and I was in church the next Sunday and, uh, I've endured a lot of preachers that should have been quiet. (laughs) And I determined when God called me to preach that I wasn't going to be one of those that wore people out, (laughs) you know, in fact. One, one, one person said that uh, you, your message, you know, people can only endure so much. They can only sit there so long. <laughs> and uh, I, so I've always endeavored to be that, okay? Tonight I want to talk about the Joshua generation. And I'm going to get, get you to figure out what generation you want to be a part of. In the world we live in today, uh, our generations are are figured by when we were born. We become certain generations are this and this and this and this. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people are always talk about what happened in the previous generation, but I want to talk about the Joshua generation. The Joshua generation is a group of people that obeyed God and possessed the promised land. I like the Joshua generation because they chose to believe God. In the natural, you are a part of a generation because of the dates or the chronological time that you were born in. But, you know, spiritually, you can be, you can choose the generation you want to be in. You can either choose to be a part of the generation that died in the wilderness and never possessed the promised land, or you can be a part of the generation, the Joshua generation that possessed the promised land. It's up to you. Those guys that died in the wilderness, they still, they still went with God. They were still God's people. They just refused to accept his promises. The Joshua generation, they rose up and said, hey, we can do it. We, with the spirit of faith, they said, I believe we're able to possess the promised land. Now, this Joshua generation, they had a bunch of, they had some certain characteristics. Number one, they believed what God said above everything else. They obeyed God's instructions even when it didn't even make sense in the natural. And they were not afraid of the giants. Hello? Come on now. That was their characteristic. They, you know... And they were courageous enough to go where they had never gone before. You know, some people, they don't, they, don't, they don't change because they're not courageous enough to try something new. They're not courageous enough to, to really believe that God will do what he said he would do. Hello. Now, as we look at this Joshua generation, 
we see that God told Joshua personally to be the leader of these people. If you go back and you begin to read there, you'll find out that God said to Joshua, said, okay, Moses is dead. Now you come on, get up and let's go. You lead these people. That's exactly what he said. Go read it there. And then he told him, he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success in life. That's Joshua 1, 8. You see, then he proceeded then to tell him three different times to be strong and courageous. If you're going to be a part of the Joshua generation, the generation of faith, you got to be strong and courageous. He told him, he said, in, in, in verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, he told him, be strong and courageous. And in verse, verse 18, as he stood up and was talking to the people and telling them, okay, this is what we're going to do, they told, they told him, then the people told him, said, be strong and courageous and we're going to follow you. And, and if anybody don't follow you, uh, I'm going to do, use 2018 language. They said, we're just going to kick them out. We're not going to have nothing to do with them. Actually, they got a little stronger than that, really. But the question I want to ask you tonight is what generation are you going to be a part of? Are you going to be a part of the generation that sits around and says, well, I would, but let me tell you why it can't happen. Are you going to be a part of the generation that said, I don't understand how it's possible, but God said it so we can do it. Let's get up and go. You see, as you look at this Joshua generation, I want you, you to see that in verse number 10 of that first chapter, Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp, command the people, command. Any of you been in the military? A command is not a request a command is you do it no matter what. Don't care what, don't, nothing. nothing. I mean, if, if he said it, that's it. And there's a pass through the command, command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days, we'll cross over the Jordan to go to possess the land which the Lord God is giving you to possess. See, he was telling them it's time to get up and go take what God said was theirs. Their ancestors had refused to say, God told them, he said, I'm giving you the land, but they refused to accept it. Now God's telling, the, telling all of those from 19 years down that, had, that, had, that was there, that were alive, the rest of the old generation was gone. Do you realize that a whole generation of people died in 40 years? Hello? Now he's saying, okay, you're the ones, get up and let's go. You know, possessing the promises of God, this doesn't happen because you want it to. It happens because you, you like Joshua said, you got the word and it's in your mouth. And you get up and you go make it happen. You know, Larry and I, we played ball together. I played on a lot of teams. Larry's played on a lot of teams. I'm sure some of you have, but you don't win just cause you want to. You win because you go out there and you make it happen. If you're playing football, you go out there and you knock the fire out of somebody. 
Come on now. now. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you can't, you can't, you got, you got to be tough. If you're going to take away from the enemy what he's trying to take away from you, you got to be tough. You got to say, no, you don't. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm wide receiver. You run out for a pass and oh boy, and he knocks it down and, and you go back to huddle. And I say, well, it's the last one you're going to knock down. You better get ready because I'm going to score four touchdowns over the top of you. What am I doing? I'm telling him what I'm going to do. He's not going to stop me. You think you can stop me? Come on, bring it on. See, we need to tell the devil, listen, we're part of the Joshua generation. You can't stop us. The word of God says it. I believe it. That settles it. And you'll always have somebody say, yeah, but you know, you're not as fast as they are. I don't care whether I'm as fast as they are or not. I'm still going to beat them. I didn't, I, I've been that way. I'm that way spiritually, and I've been that way all my life physically. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. Come on. You know, I'd rat my, my dad, my uncle, Uncle Pat, dad's youngest brother. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wrestling around with him. I'm, you know, uh, what, I guess 19, 20 years old. And he had me in an arm bar, had my arm up. And, and you know, he wanted me, he was telling me to get, say uncle. And I said, now I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to say it. Either turn me loose or break my arm so we can go to the hospital and get it fixed. Cause I, I am not going to give up. And he turned me loose and he said, you just like all the rest of us Hagans. <laughs> but that's sort of the way we are. You know, I, one of my grandsons, he, he was out there and picked up a golf club. I think it was Cameron. And he kept swinging that thing. We said, come on now. And he swung that golf club till he got blisters on his hands. Right? But he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't quit. Let me tell you what, you're going to have, when, when you're going to go out and get the promises of God happening in your life, you've got to get the attitude, I cannot be defeated and I won't quit, Mr. Devil. You can't stop me. That's the Joshua generation. Now, I want you to notice, he told them, within three days you'll cross over the Jordan to go to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you. That's verse 11. Now, Spiritually, they had to learn to accept God's instructions and follow them. Have you ever noticed there's some people you can give them instructions and they don't follow? You see, God's given us instructions in the word of God of what to do. If you follow them, things are going to happen. If you don't follow them, things are going to happen. Come on. Now, <laughs> look at this. Relationally, they had to get used to a new leader because Moses had just died. If you go back over in that, in that, in that, in that first chapter there, we, we'll, we'll go there. I want you to see this in, that, in, that, in, that, in, in Joshua 1. We go to Joshua 1 here. Let me go there. I wasn't planning on going there, but I'm going to. So here we are. I got it coming up. Okay, Joshua, first chapter. First, after the death of Moses, Lord, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Hey, Moses, 
My servant's dead. Therefore, time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River in the land that I'm giving you. Right there, he, he, he told him, he said, look, he's gone. Now you get up, you go on, you do something. You know, relationally, now all of these people, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they got a new leader. It's, it's a difficult thing sometimes when a new leader comes on, on board. I've been there and done that. 14 years ago, September the 19th, 7 o'clock in the morning, Kenneth E. Hagan passed over to the other side. And at that particular time, the Kenneth Hagan Ministries and Rhema fell on my, sh- my shoulders and my wife's shoulders. I had a lot of people that, that grabbed a hold and followed. I had a lot of people that didn't. Hello. But I want to tell you what, you relationally, you got to, they got to get used to a new, they're getting used to a new leader. Now, situationally, they're in a situation. Situationally, they're at the Jordan River. And uh, if you go on over in verse, in, in, in the third chapter, go over to, to Joshua, the third chapter, and uh, it find out, Joshua, third chapter uh, 14. Here we go. I'm going to read it out of the, out of the NLT because it reads just a little bit better. I mean, not better, but it reads more like we would understand it. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. The priest, uh, the priest who carried uh, the ark, carrying the ark of the covenant, went ahead of them. Now, what is the significance here of the ark of the covenant? That's the presence of God. That's where God resided. The presence of God resided in that Ark of the Covenant. And it was only certain people that were qualified to carry that Ark. And nobody touched it. Not even the high priest. They had the rings on the side and they slid the poles in and they were very careful not when they were carrying it not to touch the thing. And the Spirit of God, that's where the Spirit of God was. Now, I want you to notice something here. It says it was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Did you know what? It's at flood stage. That's what it says in one of the other translations. Did you know that is not the time to cross a river? Hello. In fact, they tell, they tell you that, that three feet of fast flowing water will move an automobile. Anybody ever read that or heard that? That's why they say, don't drive into it. Oh, I can get across there. Yeah, you may can, but it's so swift. It'll move you. Here they are. It's at flood stage. Now listen to this. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above, the po- above that point began to back up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarephan. And the water below 
that point, flowed to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over, over near the town of Jericho. Now, I want you to notice something here. You know, many times when you think about this, a lot of people say, oh, okay, the river stood up on both sides. It didn't. Read it. It only stood up on one side. Why? Because the River Jordan starts up in the north. I was just there, what, a year ago this past, this, two years this coming June, I guess. And it starts up in the north. It flows down through the Sea of Galilee and out. And then it flows on down to the Dead Sea. So if you read there, it stood up on one side and the rest of the water flowed on away. So it didn't, they didn't have to stand up on both sides. Only one side it needed to stand up on the rest of it flowed away. It says, read it. That's what it says. I, I throw in a little interesting note here. We were just there and we were at that place and our, our guide happened to be a Messianic Jew as well as a, a, as a Jewish man. And we were getting the historical side and the spiritual side at the same time. And he told us, he said, that where we are, and I baptized some people there in the river. He said, they, they think, they don't know for sure, but it was right near the town of Jericho. They said, we think this is the spot or very close to the spot where the children of Israel came across and said, the reason we do that is because right up there and he pointed up river, he said, it's where Adam it was. And then it say it, it, it stopped, it flow stopped up there a great distance away at a town called Adam. Now, let me, let me throw a little, little another nugget at you that I never thought of. I went to Bible school and everything else. He, he threw this in. He said, we also think this is close to the same spot that John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the river. Now, Stay with me. In Romans, it talks about the first man, you know, talking about first man, Adam, second man, Adam. Okay, you got Adam, the town of Adam there. Here's the second man, Adam, Jesus Christ being baptized in the river. Just a little thought, you know, just a little thought. <laughs> now, here, here they are. They're crossing. This Joshua generation is crossing over into the promised land. Now, I want, very interesting fact here. It says, as soon as the feet of the priest carrying the ark touched in the water, it back started backing up. They were carrying the presence of God. When they touched in the water, it started backing up. What? No, you're not. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the power of God. So when you go against that impossible situation is when God comes in and starts taking over. Hello. You know, I'm just... We've had some trying times and I was thinking about some things recently and I was thinking about, you know, the three Hebrew children were believing God, but they, but they had to go into fire, but they got delivered out of the fire. 
Sometimes some people say, oh, I don't understand why I'm getting in this mess. Hey, sometimes you walk into the middle of the mess and then that's when the power of God is released when you get in the middle of the junk. Hello. This job, see, the presence of God, when the presence of God hit the river, it backed up. Those priests, hey, Joshua said, go across the river. I don't know about this, Joshua. Man, look at that. That's fast. That water's moving. It's going fast. No, they had the presence of God. They marched right into the river. You got the presence of God. March right into that obstacle. March right into that situation. That situation can't stop the Joshua generation. They're a generation that believes the word of God and goes and conquers what God said was theirs. Come on now. Some people say, well, I don't know about that situation. Hey, the faith of God will start working when you start exercising and moving toward the object that's causing you a problem. As long as you stand there and look at it and wring your hands and say, I don't know what I'm going to do, it'll continue to grow. But if you'll say, in the name of Jesus, here we go. Come on, God, let's go. You see, you've got to get to the point that you make up your mind that I'm going to go take what belongs to me. I'm not going to let the enemy steal from me. Anybody here? You've gone home already. Here. See, in the natural, God told them to go into the, go to the river when it didn't, I mean, that's, that's, that's not the right thing to do. Then he told them, he said, Prepare provisions for yourself. Get yourself ready to travel. You know, we had to prepare to come on this trip. I had to pack a a suitcase. I had to get my clothes and stuff. I had to pack, prepare. Prepare. For the trip. Any of you that go on a trip, you got, you got to prepare ahead of time. How many of you are, are thinking about going on vacation this summer? How many of you are already starting to prepare for that? Yeah. You may even already made some reservations somewhere. Hello. That's what he told them. Get ready. We going. Three, you got three days to get ready, he sold them. And so, now they go over the Jordan. Now, he told them to sanctify themselves. Let's go back. What's that mean? That means dedicate, consecrate yourself to the things of God. Dedicate yourself to believing God no matter what comes or what doesn't come, what happens or what doesn't happen. Come on. I'm talking about being a part of the gener- Joshua generation that rises up and takes what belongs to you. Amen. My dad said it. I say it. I've got it written in my Bible. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it, period. They know, they know, they know talking to me about it. That, well, this, this is what we think it means. No, God doesn't need anybody to, <clears throat> to translate for him. He said what he meant and meant what he said. So take it for what it says and go on. 
Yeah, but this is what I think he meant. No, he meant what he said. Now, you know what? There they are getting ready to go across the river. You know, they, they could have got in a discussion. Well, now, you think God actually meant for us to really do this? They could have called a committee meeting. Sometimes I've, I've been in this all my life, been around church all my life, and sometimes them, you got committees watching committees. They, that's what they got up there in Washington. That's why they can't get nothing done. Or they could have reasoned among themselves. Well, now, you know, it's not feasible to cross that river right now. We are, let, let's wait till it goes down. That's not what he said. Or they could have been like a lot of people. They could have been patting themselves on the back and congratulating themselves that God actually talked to them, told them to do something. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Nothing ever takes place until you obey what God said to do. That's when things start happening. Come on now. Now, (laughs) it's interesting. He told them to cross a river when it's flood stage. Now, they crossed this river. And what did they run into? The most walled city that's ever been known Jericho as far as I've studied and I studied in school and uh, read about it it, nobody had ever taken the city of Jericho it was that fortified in fact some of the some of the historians say that the city was why the, the wall was so wide people lived in the wall and that two chariots could ride around the top of the wall side by side i don't know that's just uh, you know <laughs> some of the stuff we don't know uh, they've just taken bits and pieces from here and here and sort of put it together like you do a puzzle and it sort of fits <laughs> but this city had never been taken no army had ever taken this city So there they are. That's Joshua generation. Now, God, now he told them to cross a, a river when it's flooding, that flood stage. Now, uh, now for Texas where I come from, flooding, that's a good word. For you up here in the north, it may not be, but that's a good word where I come from. <laughs> it was at flood stage. Now they come up against this walled city. And God said, all right, guys, here's what I want you to do. Y'all going to march around this city one time every day for six days. What? And on the seventh day, y'all going to march around seven times. Y'all going to blow horns, break glasses, scream, yell, jump, holler, do all kinds of stuff. That's the way we'd say it today. And the walls are going to fall down. Now, when you come to think about it, that is ridiculous. (laughs) Hello. But this Joshua generation, okay, God, you said it. We're going to do it. There they go. One time. 
two times, three times, four times, five times, six times. Now, and if you'll go read the story, Joshua told him, be quiet, don't say nothing, just be quiet. And make no noise. Can you imagine the people inside the city looking down there and saying, what? What do these people think they're doing anyway? What are they, what, what are they up to? You know, I wonder sometimes the devil say, hey, what, are they, what do these people think they're doing anyway? Well, what we're doing, we're going to take him down. That's what we're doing. They went around that seven times. Nothing happened. They went around one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, six times. On the seventh time around, when they started blowing horns and breaking the deals and, and making all kinds of noise, the walls came down. Now think about this for a minute. The walls had to implode or else they would have fallen on top of the children of Israel. So it, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's the first place, the first recording of an impl- implanation, something imploding. Hello? You ever seen them implode some of these tall, tall buildings? They, 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 everything goes in, nothing comes out, it all just goes to the inside. Anybody ever seen that happen? Yeah. That's what had to happen because if they fall, just started falling down, it, the bricks and stuff would have fell on top of the children of Israel, wouldn't they? So they fell in. But I want you to notice what they were told to do looked like the most crazy thing in the world. Sometimes people will look at you when you believe in God and say, I believe in God. I'm believing God to do this and to do that. They look at you and say, what do you think you're doing anyway? It doesn't matter what they think. It didn't matter what the people inside that Sit and thought. They didn't care. Once you become a part of the Joshua generation that's believing God, you don't care what somebody says. What they say don't amount to healing beans, we say down in Texas where I come from. What God says, what counts. What did God say? You know, I want you to notice you. <laughs> You need to be at the right place at the right time when God says do it. They were there at the right place at the right time when God said to do it and it happened. You know, a lot of people look at us today with the message of faith. You weren't there when it wasn't popular to preach the message of faith. I was. I was there whenever other preachers in our denomination saying, Brother Hagin, he's, he's all wet behind the ears. He kept preaching faith anyway. My wife will tell you, uh, she, her dad, they, they, they'll tell you, he's preaching faith. God's going to bless you. And I'll probably tell you more about that tomorrow night. But anyway, but he kept doing it anyway because God said do it. In September of 1950 in Rockwall, Texas, he said go teach my people faith. And he started out doing it. 
Oh, those those early years, they wasn't no good. They were they were some tough times. There was some, t- but we kept he kept doing it. We kept pushing on. We you see us where we are today. We and in fact, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a message tomorrow night. I call it "Speak to Your Mountain." I'll just do a little prelude here. Uh, y'all heard Dad talk about speaking. I'm on. I'm on. I'm gonna give you a little li- little history lesson into the life of of me. I was there. I lived it. And I'll show you how we got to where we are today. Amen. Following God's instructions is what will that's what helped the Joshua generation to succeed. Following God's instructions will what will bring you to success in your life. You see, the word of God will do the same today as he did for for the children of Israel, the Joshua generation, that generation that took the promised land. What is your promised land? Your promised land is your Christian life down here on earth. That is your promised land. You know, some people want to say, think it's, it, it, and, and that it's uh, on Jarmy's, Jordan's stormy banks, I stand and cast a wishful eye. Well, they they trying to make, the promised land heaven the promised land not heaven you ain't got no battles to fight in heaven our promised land is our christian walk down here and you see paul said there in corinthians what happened to the children of israel happened as examples for us and they they had to go in and possess the land that's what we got to do we got to go in and possess the land we may come up against some jerichos we may come up against some AIs. We may come up against some giants. But I want to tell you what. We are giant killers. We're wall-taking down people. The Joshua generation. Hello. You know, you can either have the giants or the grapes. I got a message called Giants or Grapes, in which I preach about that. You know, the giants are all the obstacles. The grapes are what you enjoy, what you enjoy. You, you know, you, taken from the story of the two men with the big group of grapes. You can either have grapes, which is the promises of God, or you can have the giants. One of the two. Hello. I want to challenge you tonight to be a part of that Joshua generation. I want to Josh you. I want to challenge you and ask you to rise up and become a Joshua generation. With the spirit of faith, go out and grab a hold to the promises of God that He has promised you right here in His Word. I challenge you to rise up and possess what belongs to you, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation. Rise up and move forward. And you'll see as you rise up in faith, you'll conquer everything that's in front of you and you'll walk forth unto the greatness that God has for you. And you'll see that as you believe him, he will deliver you and set you free. 
And no longer will you be bound by the chains and the fetters, but you'll walk free and you'll shout and you'll jump and you'll run and you'll say, thank God I'm free because the word of God says, says I have been delivered. I accept that deliverance and I go forth now to do what God has asked me to do. I go forth to grab a hold of the promises of God for myself and my family. I go forth to grab a hold of the promises of God for the church and for this generation. I go in the name of the Lord. And as you go in the name of the Lord, you will see everything in front of you begin to fall down like those walls of Jericho fell. And you'll, you'll rejoice and you'll be glad that you are part of that faith generation, that Joshua generation. Hallelujah to God. Glory to God. That ain't in here. That comes straight from the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Everybody stand up. Did you get anything out of this tonight? How many of you are ready to be a part of the Joshua generation? You're ready to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to take what belongs to me. The enemy can't steal from me no more. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Bow your heads, please. I never like to preach a message that I don't give an opportunity for somebody to find Jesus or somebody to rededicate their life to God. I know most. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.